Hi, I'm Blake. And I'm also Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. On this week's special spooky Halloween episode of Get Jumped, I'm reading and watching the first three chapters and the first three episodes of Chainsaw Man, where there are devils and there are zombies and there are chainsaws and there are no Spencers here to stop Blake from getting on his soapboxes! <laughs> Let's jump in. Welcome to a very special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. It's a spooky episode because it's coming out on Halloween or like right around there, basically. And we're covering a manga that may or may not be a horror story, but definitely plays in the horror genre. Um, This is a special episode today because I'm recording it by myself. Usually it's me and Spencer, but Spencer is away this week. Uh, celebrating his 10-year anniversary. Um, I think that's 10-year wedding anniversary. You know, they were together for like a while before they got married. But it's been 10 whole years since they got married, which is insane because that happened after after college. And uh, I don't love that that's more than 10 years ago. But whatever, you know, here we are. And uh, so, you know, happy anniversary to Caitlin, of course. And... Um, And I'm going to be doing the show by myself today. So uh, we're going to be covering Chainsaw Man. This is a manga that if you're following anime and manga, specifically Shonen Jump or uh, Shonen Manga in general, you probably are already familiar with Chainsaw Man. Uh, But uh, it also has a uh, relatively new anime series. So I'm going to be taking a look at both of these. Now, I have yet to read any Chainsaw Man. As far as I can remember, we covered the... Uh, the manga on the show back when we were doing first look reviews where Spencer and I would read different things. And so I believe we have covered the Chainsaw Man manga, but it was because Spencer read it alone and I did not read it. Um, So I haven't read it at all. Uh, I haven't seen any of the episodes yet. And I decided to record this episode in three parts. So part one is this one currently where I'm talking about my expectations going into the series before I have read it. Part two will be me coming back to talk about the manga after having read it. And then part three will be me talking about the anime after having watched it. Uh, I decided to do it in that order because I think it's interesting to get those reviews as sort of distinct artifacts uh, instead of trying to review the series and talk about the differences between the anime and manga all at once. I think going into the manga discussion without a sense of the anime um, can often be helpful for me. And uh, going into the anime with a sense of the manga can also be helpful for me, too, because I I like the manga as the source material. I like to pick it up um, sort of clean and fresh in my mind. The anime, I like to look at it as in a work of adaptation. And so I like to see how it relates to that source material, what it's doing the same, what it's doing different and, and why I think that works or does not work. So right now in part one, I'm just going to really briefly touch on my expectations for the series. Um, I have not read or seen any of it. I'm not 
even confident that I've seen moving pictures of Chainsaw Man. Like I'm not up to date on watching Mother's Basement on YouTube. And that's usually where I see um, sort of screen, not screenshots because they're moving, but, you know, screen grabs of different sections of the show or the intro or whatever. Um, I believe we've posted about the intro in our Discord, but I didn't watch it because I like to go in unspoiled. And so um, the big things that I know are that this manga has something to do with a kid that gets some sort of demonic powers. He either temporarily or permanently changes into a dude who has a chainsaw for a head and uses these powers to fight uh, demons, I guess. Um, I believe there is a cute little dog with a chainsaw on its head that may be crucial to the transformation. Like he has to do something with the dog in order to turn into the chainsaw version. And um, I also, uh, uh, I'm aware that there is some like sexual content in here. I don't think it's like, you know, rated R or anything like that. I don't think it's particularly beyond the standard of regular anime, regular shonen, etc. Um, I'm a little nervous about it because as longtime listeners know, I can get easily creeped out by the sexual content of anime and manga because the way that it's expressed is different than how it's usually expressed in Western media. Uh, it doesn't really line up with Western values necessarily. And I'm always uncomfortable critiquing those things because I don't know where it's appropriate to assert my Western values over a non-Western work of fiction and where it is uh, a cultural difference that I need to let slide. Um, obviously there are examples like Goblin Slayer, the beginning of Goblin Slayer, I think is pretty egregious. And I think even if that is some sort of cultural thing, I think it's worth calling out. My, I guess, understanding or expectation of this is that it is more of a sort of super horny teenager. Uh, I'm, I am, Hoping, based off of a few things that I've read here and there, that this is basically a version of a, a teenage guy who is just overwhelmed with hormones and who is thinking about sex and girls all the time. I'm confident that that's going to include some objectification that I don't particularly love, but I am hoping that we elude most of the like aggressive sexualization of female characters. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it basically comes from a sort of understandable, relatable hormonally charged teenage boy perspective rather than a creator animator, whatever that's just trying to titillate themselves. Um, I think that line is really important. I, I, I would put money on the fact that I will be uncomfortable with some of these moments, but I'm hoping that for the most part, it, it sort of lands for me. Uh, the other expectation that I have um, that is not going into the story itself, but into the anime adaptation specifically is that the, um, the animation is CG, I believe. It is either mostly or entirely CG. And Spencer and I have talked a lot about CG usage in anime. Um, one of our recent episodes, we talked about, you know, adding in a CG element into an otherwise hand-drawn um, uh, work is not great because it calls a lot of attention to itself. We've also talked about uh, CG anime that go, f that go all the way. The one that springs to mind is Beastars. That's entirely CG animated. Um, I don't love that style. There's just something a little uncanny about it for me. Um, it looks a little, a little stiff. It looks like they're trying to make things move and flow in ways that are very difficult and or expensive to animate by hand. 
then now they have CG technology, they can do that. And so they're going to you know take advantage of that and go ham. And it's like, I respect that impulse, but I think that maybe the impulse is uh, stronger than your good sense in a lot of those instances. And so it, it lends this sort of like weightless, flowy quality to a lot of things, or like hair is just like whipping back and forth, uh, you know, at the briefest, uh, simplest move of a head, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm also wanted to acknowledge that on a recent episode, as I, I took pains to acknowledge that I am aware that a lot of modern shows that I love that, that are, or appear to be hand-drawn are being at least in part created and supported by CG animation. And so things like One Punch Man and My Hero Academia, that's not all hand-drawn. People are using techniques of computer animation to enhance their hand-drawn work, to make it flow more smoothly without having to literally sit there and animate all of it, and to, to give you those brilliant, beautiful Sakuga moments that look like, you know, a, a group of artists doing back-breaking labor uh, forever in the way that you get with like a Cowboy Bebop where they they really just put all their all their all into it. But in the modern era, they're able to utilize um, CG technology to enhance those techniques so that they can get that Sakuga with a little bit less of the back-breaking labor that it might have taken in the past. So uh, I just want to disambiguate there that um, I understand that computers are part of the animation process, even in um, things that are or appear to be hand-drawn. Um, but that the more computer generation is used in anime, I'm, I'm just sort of that type that's like, Hey, I want my hand-drawn anime to be hand-drawn anime. I want it to look like hand-drawn anime. I want it to feel like hand-drawn anime. And when you put CG in it, it starts to feel like a different thing that's using an anime style rather than anime itself. Um, I'm not arguing that it's not anime, of course, because I think that that would be silly, but it just doesn't feel quite right to me. And the technical limitations and the artistic challenges of a newer medium have not lended themselves to like landing well for me. Um, So what I've seen and what I know of the anime is that it is CG animated and it is being done in a style that I suspect will be sort of reminiscent of Beastars, but a more updated version. And obviously Chainsaw Man is trying to do something different than Beastars. Beastars is kind of like a romantic drama, I guess. And uh, Chainsaw Man is an action. So I'm curious to see how it holds up because I think that there are more recent shows that are starting to really get a handle on how to utilize the CG anime to create an anime style anime that looks closer to what you would expect from a 2D anime perspective, but is using CG to get there without really hand drawing a lot of it. So I'm curious to see how I react to that. I am nervous about it, but I am going in hoping to find all the bright spots and to come back and report that the CG anime does not detract significantly from the show or even allows it to do some really cool shit. So I I think I'm going to really like this overall. Uh, I I guess that maybe sounded more negative than I intended it to. Uh, Going into any anime, I'm always worried about like the random sort of things that you have to grit your teeth and get through an anime that show up in so many of them. 
And uh, I think that this is uh, maybe going to have some of that. But overall, this seems like my kind of thing. It is a hugely popular series, and it sounds like it gets off to a pretty good start. So I think I'm going to like it from the from the jump, and I'm hoping that that uh, enjoyment of the manga translates into the anime. So I'm going to go read the manga now, and I'll come back and talk to you about it once I'm done, and we'll see if my prediction that I would like it was correct. See you soon. And I'm back. I have just finished reading the first three chapters of Chainsaw Man, and it was great. I really, really liked it. Uh, it was definitely not what I expected in a few ways that I feel like I should have expected, because this is the creator who created Fire Punch. Uh, and I am reading Fire Punch right now, and uh, it is very bleak. It's really hard to get through. It, it is basically a story about how people can be just fucking terrible to each other and also hyper-violent without really uh, being negatively affected by the hyper-violence that they are inflicting or experiencing or seeing. And there's just, there's just a lot of things. I would say that Fire Punch is, if not R-rated, it's pretty close as far as the subject matter is just so much darker and heavier than your average shonen manga. Um, I think that Chainsaw Man is splitting the difference a little bit. It absolutely feels like it fits within the sort of, I don't know, I, I guess this is maybe maybe coming off as a little downplaying how good I thought it was, but it is sort of fitting in that standard shonen space where you're like, you know, your One Piece, your Kaiju number, number eights, your, your My Heroes, you get that sense early on that like there is a core concept here that has a lot of story potential, has a lot of sort of like imagination potential and a lot of action potential. I think the, that's a, a good sort of intersection. You want you want your premise to make make your reader feel like there is a story that they're going to be able to experience because of this premise that's going to have a certain uniqueness to it. Um, the powers or scenarios or whatever that are presented should get the reader's imagination running about what kind of things they could encounter or what ways that the powers could evolve, etc. Um, and then, of course, um, a uh, backbone of action is sort of a staple of shonen uh, as a genre. And Chainsaw Man hits all of those. Where I think the author uh, finds his uh, the experience from Fire Punch is in... Some moments of hyper-violence. Uh, there's a particularly gruesome beat in the first chapter that I was very much not expecting. And I think I think there there are there are things to be said about hyper-violence um, in the same way that there are things to be said about uh, sexualization and other things. You know, uh, terrible things can happen in our world and I am not the type of person who believes that because terrible things are terrible, they should not be shown in media. Um, I definitely think I'm gonna I'm gonna evoke Goblin Slayer here again. I think that the first uh, episode of Goblin Slayer is evoking a real world terror, and it's doing it in a way that is more on the exploitative end of things. It doesn't feel like it is exploring a hard truth. It feels like it is exploiting a hard truth for some sort of perverse pleasure. Um, 
it's a complicated subject. There are ways to take perverse pleasures and things. I think a lot of comedy is predicated on perverse pleasures. One of my favorite shows is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and that is a pretty perverse pleasure show where they kind of find the line and walk as close to it as they can uh, in order to create a sort of shocking hilarity. And I think they do a good job of that. And so, uh, you know, it's a complicated subject. I don't want to litigate the entire thing. I'm not trying to say that there's no way to take a perverse pleasure in darkness or to have dark humor or to look at a dark situation in various different angles artistically. But I think the Goblin Slayer's first uh, episode is a really good example of how not to do it. That is putting a really dark, really upsetting thing into your series simply for a titillating thrill. And I don't, I don't think that's worth it. Um, And Chainsaw Man, I think is playing on the right side of that problem. Uh, The particularly disturbing imagery that shows up in chapter one, which I don't think they even kind of got to that level of imagery in the subsequent two chapters. But in that first chapter, there's a really disturbing panel. And then there is a, a story beat that is predicated on and in some ways recycling parts of that panel. Uh, And my reaction to those kinds of things, it ticks a little bit of a, I really don't like this type of story in me, like, uh, like the chimera ants arc, or I would say the show, the walking dead. I really don't like it when people are eaten and that just really like, I'm not much for gore on screen anyway. Like I don't like slasher movies because I I just don't get the thrill out of that, like, you know, over the top gore that a lot of slasher movies exalt in. And and that's actually a really good example of a sort of like perversion of a terrible thing for enjoyment is like a slasher movie, like a final destination can take something that in real life is terrible and gruesome, but sort of make it campy and fun in a way that it's like, yeah, I can, I can laugh at or be excited by this terrible thing. Um, I think that in this moment, Chainsaw Man almost walked up past the like acceptable line for me. And it gave me major flashbacks to fire punch because fire punch is a series that I am reading uh, somewhat under distress because I'm a bit of a completionist and I started reading it and I want to finish it, but it is really dark and it's hard to get through because there are a lot of like really gruesome acts taking place against people in the series. And it's, it's hard to watch, uh, well, hard to watch. I mean, I'm reading it. I'm not watching it, but it's hard to get through a lot of those beats. And a lot of them leave me with an upset feeling in my stomach uh, in the same way that like people getting eaten in a zombie show or in the Chimera Ants arc leaves me feeling upset and feeling like, I don't know, could, was there a better way we could have done this? Chainsaw Man almost does this, but it utilizes this moment to actually create a moment of sort of emotional uh, and plot-based catharsis. And I think that it, that sort of saved it for me. Uh, I have some reservations about this creator because of my experience with Fire Punch about how violent and gruesome he's willing to go. But other than this one panel moment, which again, I think he manages to redeem in the context of the story. Other than that, there is violence and it does feel atypically brutal compared to your average shonen. But I almost wonder if this is maybe this creator trying to make a series that involves terrifying visages and moments of stark brutality 
but that are that's maybe toned down just a scotch, like taken from a 10 to an 8. And that way, it's a little more digestible for your average audience. Um, I also wonder, I think Fire Punch was well-received, but it was very niche because, you know, it's it's super not for everybody. And it definitely did not have a wide, uh, a sort of wide appeal like Chainsaw Man appears to. So I'm wondering how much the author went into this saying, like, I'm going to take my signature style of like extreme brutality and tone it back versus how much the popularity of the series has had him feel the need to tone it back either on his own to say like, I want this to continue appealing to people so the brutality can only go so far or his editors being like, Hey, this is our big show. Like you can't botch it by making it something that like parents aren't going to let their kids read and stuff like that. Uh, it's definitely got some gruesome moments. Again, there's one panel in the first chapter that's, that's particularly upsetting, uh, but ends up being kind of satisfying how they resolve that problem. And uh, the, in the remaining chapters, I mean, the guy fights with chainsaws and there's a lot of like sprays of blood and body parts being slashed off and stuff like that. Uh, but I would say that that's landing a little bit closer to maybe like a starker, maybe a sort of grittier or just like grimier version of some more hyper violent moments from something like bleach, which also involves, you know, limbs being hacked off and, and wounds caused by weaponry and stuff like that. So I think uh, I think the perverse pleasures of the extreme violence here are walking the line in the right way. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, what I wasn't expecting was such an adherence to a sort of uh, social narrative that I really like. Uh, one, I would say in the plot elements of like this kid is poor, he's in debt, he is, you know, beholden to forces that are stronger than him that have sort of sway over him and his health and his ability to continue living and uh that have a sort of like amoral sense towards whether or not he lives or dies that is very reminiscent of the series fire punch uh although again a little bit more palatable than that series i think that series really goes hard on just how dark and horrible people can be and Chainsaw Man seems to have pulled back a little on that in favor of inhuman enemies and a slightly breezier tone. Um, and I think that all of that is really working. Uh, it just it just fired on all cylinders for me. I felt like those first three chapters really went down easy. Uh, when we do our first look reviews, I can often feel that like um, the first chapter can be a bit of a slog to get through just because they're like three times longer than your average chapter. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, it's not that it's bad, but it's that like, okay, when do I get to the next chapter? Uh, with Chainsaw Man, it was like, oh shit, I'm already done with this chapter. And then the next two chapters flew by. I could see somebody really getting lost in this and just like putting down, you know, dozens of chapters over a weekend and stuff like that. I think the appeal of the series is very evident from the beginning the characters seem really intriguing. There seems to be interesting relationships being built up that do have a sort of like darker adversarial quality that I think is emblematic of this creator, but that have a charm to them that make me feel like, oh, I can live in these darker moments and take enjoyment from the sort of like comedy that comes from the interplay of not knowing where you stand with these people rather than just being like, feeling a sense of tension or dread or something like that. I really think that this is this author taking themes that he's explored in fire punch and applying them to a breezier, 
more fantasy oriented work. And I think that is a really clever pivot. And I, I think that the first three chapters make it very apparent to me why Chainsaw Man has caught on. And I'm really excited to watch the anime episodes because one, the anime episodes, the first three episodes of an anime generally cover more content than the first three chapters of a manga. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm going to go watch them right now and see how they hold up. Catch you guys in a minute. And I'm back for the third and final part of Chainsaw Man coverage. So I just finished watching the first three episodes of Chainsaw Man, which as of this recording are all of the episodes that are currently available. And uh, yeah, it's still good. I guess I have good news and bad news about my reaction to it. Um, The good news is that I think all of the things that I said about the manga, about it basically being maybe a little... A little dark and a little intense, uh, but overall a kind of agreeable shonen concept. Those all apply really well to the anime. Um, I guess uh, I'll try to do maybe like my negative takeaways before my like specific positive takeaways. But I will say that this is a positive overall reaction in the same way that For the manga, it was like, yeah, it's doing a few things that I don't like or that are getting close to things that I don't like, but done in a way that I can accept. Uh, I think the anime is very similar where it's like, I mean, obviously it's the same story. So some of those similarities are because it's the same story, but I think they actually manifest in different ways in the anime. So um, some of the things I I didn't like, um, I alluded to a sort of intense moment in the first chapter that had some really grotesque or upsetting imagery. And the, the first episode had obviously had that same sequence because the first episode, as is tradition, the first chapter of the manga is about the first episode of the anime. And then after that, it's usually two to three chapters a piece per episode. Um, So in this same thing, They have that same moment in the first episode, but they do it in a slightly different way. And I think it worked for me a lot better in the manga than in the anime. Um, Basically, a character is like attacked in a very sort of vicious and gruesome way. And in the manga, you don't really see the attack at all. They basically do a hard cut to the results of the attack. And those results are very gruesome. Uh, And, you know, I'm obviously talking around this. A lot of you listening are probably going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But just in case you're listening to this and you haven't watched or read Chainsaw Man, I don't really want to spoil it for you because I think it's I think it's a good turn of events. But suffice it to say, some extreme violence happens that leads to a sort of gross scenario. And that gross scenario in the first chapter resolves itself in a way that I found to be um, really satisfying. The basically after the initial reveal of the grotesque results of this horrible violence, there is a clever turn of events that allows the chapter to wrap up in a really satisfying way. While those events still transpire 
here in the anime, they take place after the anime spends a little bit of time indulging itself in the actual act of violence. And I would say it shows you things that you don't see in the manga. And those are relatively upsetting, but I would actually say it was the, um, the voice acting and the, the sound effects that really did me in here where I was just like in the manga, I mean, obviously one of the differences between a manga and a TV show is that when you're reading a manga, you can, you can breeze past something or linger on it at your leisure. If you want to really soak in the gross imagery, you can, if you want to see it and move past it, you can in the show that pacing is determined by the production team instead. And so you have to sit with it as long as they want you to. And they definitely wanted me to sit with this longer than I was happy, happy with. And so I started to feel uh, about the grotesqueness that it was overstaying its welcome in the anime for me um, in a way that in the manga, it was like, it was a shock, but then the moments after it sort of recovered that shock for me and made me feel like it was a shock that had a purpose and that was going somewhere. Obviously this is the same story. It still has a purpose. It's still going somewhere, but the way it's presented was a little more indulgent and in fact, after this moment is the first time that uh, our main character Denji turns into the Chainsaw Man. And so he's, you know, he is a, a humanoid demon in this universe. They call them devils. Uh, he's a humanoid devil that has chainsaws sticking out of his hands and his face. And he uses them to chop people up in it as, you know, using chainsaws. And that is sort of an inherently grotesque proposition and I think that the manga and the anime both take advantage of this. These are not clean cuts like what you see in Bleach. They are ragged and jagged. And that is reflected in the sort of, I don't want to say necessarily messiness of the art of the manga, but there is a, a sort of hand-drawn quality to it that, that enhances the feeling that this is a messy cut that this is blood flying everywhere, that there is something sort of earthy and, and, you know, a, a, a bit of an affront to what's happening. Um, there's not that clean line that you get when somebody gets their arm chopped off and bleach, there's a clean straight line. And, and in this it's, it's more jagged edges and, and there's that sense of it. I think the animation quality, uh, especially the slightly unnatural quality of the CG anime lends a certain cleanness to those jagged edges that I did not feel reading the manga chapters. Um, and there's obviously more chopping up that happens in the anime episodes that I watched. I would guess that I watched about six chapters worth of stuff. Um, I, I could go longer in the manga. I would be a little surprised if it went shorter, but the second episode sort of cut out some of the plot of the second chapter. It actually skipped over the main focus of the second chapter, which I thought was a little disappointing, but made a certain sense as far as like telling a narrative story. Like you really didn't need that narrative. It was mostly to give something to do for the climax of the second chapter. Um, it muddled some of the narrative of the second episode a little bit because of the, they rearranged the order of some conversations in ways that made them make less sense in the anime than in the manga, but overall it worked. Uh, but what I'm getting at is uh, that jagged edge, that sort of rougher quality to the manga is cleaned up in the anime in a way that I think does a slight disservice. Um, 
And I would also say that as as a general rule, like I said, going into this, and like we've said many times on this show, 3D anime is um, not our favorite. We really like the hand-drawn look. We really don't like it when 3D models are brought into a hand-drawn landscape. And uh, when we've watched something like Beastars before that is all, all CG anime, that is not satisfying to us. Um, Chainsaw Man was a really odd mixture of the two. There were some moments where I was like, I think this scene is hand drawn. And then there were some moments when it felt like it was CG. And there is a, there's a way that they do like the faces and stuff where outside of a couple of characters who have eyes that always feel like they're CG. Sometimes like our main character, Denji's face looks a little bit like it's hand drawn in certain sequences and like it is being, you know, CG drawn in other sequences. And it's a pretty frequent switch back and forth. There were even some sequences. I think about a moment where like two characters are on a rooftop and one of the characters is running around and the other one is walking. And one of those looks like high quality hand-drawn animation. And one of those looks like sort of medium quality CG. And it's in the exact same scene and not only the same scene, but the same shot. Um, There was a moment where one of the characters is riding in a car and we get a close up of the bottom half of her face. And it looks super CG, even though a scene right before that was her face moving more and looking more like hand drawn. I think I guess I had the impression going into this show that it was all CG. And so to me, I'm making a guess that when it looks hand drawn, that's just them sort of nailing that aesthetic through the the uh, medium of CG anime. But I don't know. This might be mixed media. And that's because it gives me a real impression of switching back and forth between a hand-drawn look and a CG look. And they are awfully close. I will say props to the ways that the CG anime has advanced um, in the last couple of years. It really is very, very close to hand-drawn anime. And I would say that the biggest way that it draws attention to itself, uh, I guess there's two big ways that it draws attention to itself in this show. One is that the way that CG models move isn't the way that, that hand-drawn models move. I mentioned in the intro to this, that there is uh there can be a certain unnatural like movement style. It's almost too fluid. It doesn't feel like someone animating a real person, which has its own pace. It doesn't feel like a real person, which has its own pace. It feels like a third thing, the sort of CG attempt at one uh, at either that animated person or that, you know, real captured person's movements. It's not either of those. It's some third thing. And it has this sort of uncanny Valley aspect to the movement that um, draws attention to its size. It, it, it takes me out of what I'm watching because it reminds me that what I'm watching is CG anime and that the CG anime doesn't feel like it's at the point where it is fading as, as a medium versus like if I'm watching a Pixar movie, like obviously it's CG anime, but I, I settle into it because the ways that they have sort of figured out how to make these models move, uh, it, it, um, it all flows from, from beginning to end. And so you get used to how Moana looks and then the movie Moana continues. And I think that's 
a good transition into the second point, the second sticking point about the animation style for me of Chainsaw Man, which is, as I was saying, sometimes it looks and feels hand-drawn. Sometimes it looks and feels CG. And even though I think it is almost entirely CG, like I'm not saying nobody puts pen to paper in this thing, but I think they're doing it so that they can give the computer something to work with. And so I don't know why some sequences look like they were just drawn in a more traditional style. They don't quite move like they were drawn in a traditional style, but they also don't move in the same way that the other sequences where characters are clearly being CG animated move either. And I think that's something that is doing this show a disservice overall, which is, like I said, if, if we're using Moana as an example, which is a bit of a weird example to use on a Shonen podcast, but we're doing it. Moana, it's the same animation style. The characters move in the same way. They might do new movements throughout the movie, but but everything fits within the universe. They might not move exactly like they would if this were a live action Moana, God forbid, but they they move like all the other characters in Moana do from start to finish. Chainsaw Man basically has two different animation styles that crop up randomly and interchange randomly. Uh, for the most part, the battles seem to all be CG. And the CG is doing a pretty good job of making a facsimile of hand-drawn animation. Uh, but it's not the same as like One Punch Man, which is hand-drawn animation advanced by CG. This is CG animation made to masquerade as hand-drawn animation. And again, they have made major advancements. They're doing a good job uh, getting closer and closer to hand-drawn animation and using this CG to give you that Sakuga feeling without having to go through all the back-breaking work of actually hand-animating all of this. But there are moments where they switch into what is either hand-drawn animation or is some other director or artist or somebody coming in and giving a different more hand-drawn quality to the CG animation. And so it feels like this is two different mediums being applied to the same piece, but also applied to the same characters and the same situations. Sometimes different cuts within a single scene will feel like they're shifting between hand-drawn and CG. And so I was sitting there at the beginning and, and the very opening shot of the anime is clearly CG. And it, it's a CG'd background that's made very, very painterly in a way that I think is less rare in anime. And I think backgrounds are able to get away with a lot that characters aren't because they move in different ways and they sort of exist as setting rather than as, you know, aspects of the plot moving forward. Um, and so it, it starts with this sort of like walk through a hallway um, that is, you know, highly detailed in a way that you see more from CG anime than from hand-drawn anime. And then a hand reaches out that is clearly a sort of cell-shaded CG hand and then we wake up to Denji who looks more hand-drawn. And I was like, okay, what, what are we doing here? Is this a, uh, you know, a deep advancement in this technology to look more hand-drawn, but the hand at the beginning was sort of weird or what's going on? And I, I figured I would notice the CG of it all as I was watching, and I did. And I hoped that because they had done such a good job of advancing the CG animation to look much closer to traditional hand-drawn animation that I would settle into it over the course of the three episodes that I would stop noticing it and that it would become something that like until I watched something that was more hand-drawn like My Hero Academia that I would stop noticing it so much. 
And I would say, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for me because the way they did the like back and forth between random sequences seeming hand-drawn and random sequences seeming CG. And in fact, again, every once in a while, even in the same scene, part of a scene or part, even in the same shot, I would say, part of a shot seeming hand-drawn and part of a shot seeming CG, it never stops drawing attention to itself. Because it's like, if you picked one or the other, I can settle into what we're doing. And we can make sacrifices that like hand-drawn isn't able to do certain things CG is and vice versa. But like we're doing both, it feels like. And like I'm not, I'm not saying this from a place of education. I didn't sit down and do like five hours of research on the animation process of Chainsaw Man. So, you know, like feel free to um actually me about the process of making this. But what I'm speaking to is like uh, me as a viewer sitting on my couch watching this thing. I'm like, okay, why are we all of a sudden? Why is her face CG? She's literally sitting still and the background is moving where she's sitting in a car that's moving. So maybe they wanted to CG this sequence so they could have a highly detailed background instead of animating it. But okay, then this next moment looks like it's hand drawn and the characters are moving more than they were in the last one. And now they're moving very fluidly because they're clearly CG. And now they're fighting and it's CG, but it's like really good CG that makes you feel like, oh, these characters are animated and it's CG animated, but I'm getting lost in it. And so it's like for every good moment. And I think the, I think the show looks really solid overall. I think the CG animation has come so far and the moments that look hand-drawn, whether they are or not, feel like a really well-made hand-drawn anime. But they don't feel the same as each other. And it keeps switching back and forth moment to moment. And it's jarring in a way that made it impossible for me to lose myself in the moment. I kept thinking about the animation and about how the animation was made and about the decisions being made on how and why to animate it one way or the other from moment to moment. And so even though the story is really good, and the animation overall looks really good. And I definitely enjoyed myself with the show. I think the animation kept calling attention to itself in a way that I found to be a bit of a negative. Now, all of that said, I think that the story is really good. I It obviously continued from where I left off in the manga. So I would say it probably got another chapter's worth of information into the second episode uh, it obviously cut out some information from chapter two, but I, I would argue that it was it made a bit a one moment a little strange with the the woman that our hero meets. She says something to him that is like basically like I'm going to treat you like a dog. And in the manga, that's in a response to him being reluctant to do something for her. And in the show, she just says it like completely randomly and after following saying something nice about him. And it's like totally discordant and out of nowhere. And the way he reacts to it is very odd because then they kind of pick up with the scene from the manga that's actually taking place before she says this. And, and so I think that moment works worse in the anime than in the manga. But overall, the anime gets away with cutting out the sort of action sequence of chapter two perfectly fine and moving straight on into the business of chapter three. And then what I would assume is chapter four. After that, we get into the story arc of episode three, which is, you know, undoubtedly the following chapters. And that is very interesting in and of its own right. I think this story is developing in really interesting ways. There were moments that I found genuinely surprising um, and just 
there's so much intrigue to the premise of the series. Kind of what I said about the manga early on is that the the premise at its core is very, very strong. And the the way that the first three chapters of the manga developed sort of lived up to that promise. And the way that the first three chapters of the anime developed also lived up to that promise. I definitely can see myself watching this show and enjoying it. I think that the animation challenges that I'm speaking to are probably going to continue at least for this first season. I would assume it'll continue after that because it's a big studio that's making this. Um, and I'm assuming it's going to be a big hit. Uh, I, I don't love what they're doing with this like weird hybrid animation. Um, and I don't know if that's what they would say they're doing, but that's how I felt as a viewer. And I think that that detracted from my experience overall. And that said, the two types of animation that I personally sensed as a viewer were both very good on their own. And if they had existed independent of each other, I wouldn't have really anything negative to say about either one. And uh, being able to sort of like ignore that so that I can watch this show is totally worth it. I think the show is really well done. I think those gripes are relevant, but I think they're probably more a consequence of our time and where we are with this like CG anime technology uh, or maybe skill set than they are of like... Uh, sort of quality being thrown at this this is obviously like a big property for shonen jump mappa is obviously very excited to have this as one of their properties to animate and i think they're doing a really good job so i I hope you don't take my my criticisms as like a detraction from watching it overall but i'm not going to be surprised if some of you out there feel the same way as me and are like man i really wish they had been able to hone in on a single art style for this show instead of sort of like flipping and flopping at random back and forth uh and despite that i think the show is really strong i think it looks like it's going to be a big hit in in ways that are going to be well deserved And I would say that from reading and watching today, it makes me want to continue with the series on both fronts. I felt like the experience of watching the show was, yeah, a little marred by the uh, inconsistency with the art style, but it also didn't feel the same as me reading the manga. The manga, uh, partly because of the art style, but even in the hand-drawn portions, there is a cleanness to the anime that isn't there in the manga. And so the anime is able to take their budget and animate these fights as big set pieces in ways that like, I did not see uh, in the manga. And I think the anime maybe goes a little too far with it. Every once in a while, they maybe overindulge in sitting and watching the chainsaw, you know, chainsaw its way through flesh. I don't necessarily need that, but your mileage may vary. Um, And I think that the manga is maybe ironically a little more restrained in that while also the rougher quality of a hand-drawn aesthetic will actually lend itself a little bit better to the chainsaw of it all. So I think they're both going to be really good experiences. Obviously the manga is well over a hundred chapters old at this point and it's very popular. So many of you are probably already on board with it. If you're not and you like this story, there is a lot of this story to consume already. If you're excited about the the anime, regardless of your relationship with the manga, it's just getting started. So now is a good time to jump in. And I think the the experiences felt different enough from each other that I think you can enjoy the same story being told in two distinct ways and not have them really compete for each other's attention. Um, so I would I would heartily recommend both. Uh, 
And I think, again, because the manga is ongoing and has been for a while and the anime is just getting off the ground, that if you, like me, are a new fan to this series, that you can dip your toe in either one or both of them and have a great time. And then just if you like uh, if you're somebody like Spencer, who really likes to gobble up as much as possible, like you can jump into that manga and read over 100 chapters right now and just get deep, deep, deep into the story because it's been going for a while and it's been going with much fanfare and success. So I think you're going to have a good time from start to finish. So that's it. I think uh, I think we did a good job watching and reading today. I hope that you enjoyed listening to me sit and think out loud rather than talk to somebody else. Um, you know, uh, I would rather talk to somebody else because I think that's more fun, but it's nice to just be able to sort of like sit and make an impromptu visual, uh, you know, uh, sorry, an impromptu uh, audio essay for you guys. And I hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you think uh, on Discord, on Reddit, wherever. Uh, you're going to listen to the credits here in a second and we'll we'll give you our socials there. So reach out, tell us what you thought, and uh, see you next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 15 sound wizard. Fireball! 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 Ad-free versions of our podcast are available on Patreon, along with extra Patreon-only goodies, like additional conversations and articles written by the hosts. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. We also have a Discord server, and you can find links to that on our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a geek-centric website that covers all manners of topics from video games and anime to tabletop games, board games, comics, and more. If you're looking for a website to add to your daily rotation for some of the latest news, reviews, and overall takes on where geek culture is headed, make sure to bookmark thegeeklygrind.com and pay us a visit. I also wanted to thank you uh, for being a faithful listener to this podcast. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is a vital member of our podcast family, which also includes Knights of the World Table, which is a D&D audio drama podcast, The Ink and Paint Club, an animation podcast, Comic Book Keepers, which is a comic book podcast, and Geek Exploration, the podcast which is on general geek culture. We also have the Geekly Grind podcast, which provides audio renditions of our published articles, special guests, and more. Make sure to seek those out and listen to them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again.